I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right. It is time. Good morning and welcome to the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me today. Wow. Are you about to hear a show that uh, sticks out like a sore thumb on a conservative talk radio station? I, I hope people can handle the show today. I'm going to talk about things. If there's any value whatsoever to this show for people that stick around, for people that listen to things that maybe they haven't heard before without a knee-jerk reaction to retreat to a bubble and stick your fingers in your ears and say, no, 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 no. That's, that's what I hope to bring. I hope to bring at least uh, some other things to just to think about for you to consider. Because we are, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to break down recent world events here in a way that you will not hear anywhere else on conservative talk radio. Maybe this will be my last show. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. First of all, I just want to say it was really nice while it lasted. I have really appreciated the past year to 18 months, really mostly the last year, as Republicans have attempted to take on an anti-war stance seeing the scam that is the war in Ukraine right now with Russia, understanding the money laundering aspects, understanding the fact that we have no business being in that part of the world and controlling Ukrainian borders. I have really enjoyed, I have really enjoyed people being very rational on this issue for the past year and a half, but I guess that's over now for, for most people. All it took was one new event And I see people across social media, particularly the air quotes here in the studio, conservative leaders of of talk, the pundits. They are now calling for the entire Palestinian people to be completely wiped out. Right back to death to men and women and children because some of them attacked somebody. And of course, we're talking about this absolutely horrific and tragic attack that took place uh, on Saturday uh, in Israel by uh, Hamas. Now, I'm, I'm recording this show on Sunday. That's just the way my schedule is right now. I cannot be Johnny on the spot, not live in the studio, so I've got to take a look at it. But I've had a day to kind of absorb, and really what I do enjoy doing on any of these events is taking a look and exactly what the reaction is. That's as interesting to me as the event itself This was truly tragic. I don't imagine between Sunday when I recorded this and when you hear it, too much will have changed, except that it will have gotten markedly worse. Innocent people on both sides are going to suffer tremendously. Uh, 
But what I am going to challenge today is, and, and here's what's very interesting to me, interesting, mystifying. Uh, see, the anti-war movement on the right was never real. It was against Biden's war in Ukraine. I am fully aware that had Trump prosecuted this war, because people will ignore, Trump tore up some nuclear agreements with Russia. He sanctioned Russia. He sent deadly weapons to Ukraine. I believe he certainly would have explained to conservatives. It wouldn't have been hard. People would have been on board with it had he launched this war. So I, I knew it was kind of paper thin, this idea of anti-war. And you'll also notice, I've said this before, I'm the only talk show host you've probably ever heard who says, I am anti-war, and I mean it, unless anybody touches a hair on our head, attacks us, the United States, not our interests, what they call, not our allies. If someone attacks the United States, well, I say we open up a can of whoop-ass. I'm not a pacifist. But decades of propaganda to say that if you're anti-war, then you're some dirty hippie, right? And so most conservatives, even when they can see through these things, they'll never use that term. Oh, I'm not anti-war. I'm just anti-this war. As I've said many times, people ready for the war with China and particularly ready for the war with anyone, anyone, Iran, and you're about to hand it to them. The globalists, the neocons, they've got you right where they want you, and you're about to give them that war against Iran. Suddenly, though, uh, what's interesting to me is, as people have known that the media lied to us about COVID, that they've lied to us about uh, Ukraine, we know the political establishment, the people you call rhinos, right? We know that they lied to us about Ukraine. They lied about Iraq. They lied about Afghanistan. They lied about Libya. They lied about Syria. But you're going to follow them into, into this event that has taken place in Israel because the, the key is you let people, and the media tries to do this very well. I say try. They do it very successfully. They get to tell you the day that history starts. When it came to Ukraine being invaded by Russia, uh, the, the narrative is that Putin just woke up one day, had a bad hair day, was feeling a little grumpy. Maybe he and his wife had an argument, and so he decided he would just invade another country. It started in February of, of uh, 2022, according to the mainstream media and the neocons and everybody else who supports uh, uh, us supporting Ukraine. They leave out the 30 years of broken promises and NATO expansion and sending death, deadly weapons. They, they leave out the eight years of the Ukrainian uh, government bombing and killing thousands and thousands of ethnic Russians in eastern Ukraine. They leave all that out. They want you to focus in on February of 2022 when Putin went into Ukraine. They want you to believe that's the day the history started. They're very, very successful with this. Really, it works just about every time, except on this show. So what happened in Israel is absolutely horrific. No excuse for it. Innocents were targeted. It, it's, it's, and look, I am very, I'm very aware that what I'm going to see and what people are going there are a lot of simpletons out there, and they're going to be simpletons among the people who hear this show and will accuse me of supporting the Hamas attacks. But I, I've learned a long time ago, I cannot structure my show around what some room temperature IQ people might think. 
I've seen this. If I criticize Donald Trump or the Republicans on anything, these same simpletons think that means I must love Joe Biden or the Democrats because they live in a very fantasy black and white world. They want to always see a good guy versus a bad guy. It's like a movie. We can really wrap our heads around that when it is in actuality really rarely ever the case. When it comes to governments in particular, it's usually bad guy versus bad guy. Sometimes it's bad guy versus worse guy. There's a possibility of that. But we're set up to believe this rah-rah, sis-boom-rah. We've got to cheer for the good guys here. And, and the funny thing is people can spot this kind of ignorant thinking when they see someone accused of racism just because they criticized Obama, right? That, that, that's ridiculous. Obama's ripe for criticism. Or when someone wants to challenge climate change, somebody will accuse them of actually supporting pollution. We, it's very, very easy to see how ridiculous some people's response is to hearing something that they don't like and accusing somebody of, of doing something. But when it comes to other things, if we've been brainwashed into that, we immediately attack. I do not support the Hamas attack on Israel and all of the innocent people. But history did not start on Saturday when it comes to Israel and Palestine. You are currently being treated to the exact same talking points that you heard on Ukraine. Same from the media, same from the talking heads, and, and now, sadly enough, after many people in conservative media caught on to what was going on in Ukraine, the scam that war actually is, uh, they are buying into this now, and you're going to hear a lot about, or you've already heard a lot about, an unprovoked attack. This unprovoked attack, again, Hamas just sitting around, Israel just being super friendly to everybody and just living and loving, and suddenly Hamas woke up one day and just because they're just because they're radical Muslims, they just lashed out and started all this bloodshed. And and this is the reason that they always like to start history on a particular day and don't tell you anything that led up to an event because that sets up the good guy versus bad guy. So this is exactly what we're seeing again now. And, and again, what, what, has happened, what has happened up to today when I'm recording this on Sunday has already been horrific. What I can only imagine happens between to Sunday and Wednesday is going to be even worse. But, you know, it, it's very interesting. Well, I guess I'll take a break here and we'll kind of get into maybe some of the things that led up to this. Look, I spent a lot of time when Russia invi invaded Ukraine explaining to you exactly what had transpired leading up to that. That's what the media wants you to forget. That's what the uh, neocons in both parties want you to forget. They want you to think that history started the day Vladimir Putin woke up in the, uh, on a morning in February of 2022. That's the, this, the unprovoked attack. So we're going to break down a little bit of the history and even recent history that's been going on in Israel. And, and uh, a guy named Clint Russell had it very succinctly. Sometimes I know I struggle with words. You know, really, if I haven't created an audience of truly anti-war people after six and a half years on the radio, then obviously I just don't have what it takes to convince people. And, and, and I'm sure that I don't. I can talk as much common sense, and I can flesh out these issues, but the thing is, really what it comes down to is the tribe. Very few people have the, the, the courage within themselves to stand up against other people when they're dead wrong on something, and nicely and politely. You don't have to hate them. You don't have to be mad at them. I went through this process. It wasn't easy. 
When I left the Republican Party in about 2003, 2004, I was all friends with all Republicans. It was not easy for me to start pointing out the problems with the Republican Party back then, but it was just the truth to me. And so I just kind of stuck with it. I guess I didn't care. But for most people, most people don't dare speak up against this stuff, and particularly when it comes to the state of Israel. If you're a Republican, you have to be lockstep in line with the state of Israel. I'm not talking about Jewish people. I'm not talking about the Israeli people who've done nothing to hurt nobody. But I'm talking about another government. There's not a good government on planet Earth that I can find that I'm aware of so I don't support any of them, including my own. I love my country. I loathe my government. Most other governments are no good either. But uh, in conservative talk radio, in conservative circles, at your Republican grip and grins, it would take a tremendous amount of courage to go, hey, hang on a second before you call for the death of two million pal Palestinians. Let's look at exactly what led up to this. Is that okay? Nope, most people won't even do that. They'll just join into the chorus. Turn it into glass. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. I got to tell you, maybe this is one of those shows where I try to beef up my cred before I get to the pearly gate saying, good Lord, I tried. I tried. I never foamed at the mouth after I became awake. I, I take that back. I did. I'm, I'm atoning for the 1990s when I was a bloodthirsty neocon Republican talking point warmonger. I'm atoning for that now. What led up to what has just happened in Israel and is ongoing up to, including today, I'm sure, is a long time in the making, and it's not as one-sided as most people believe. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stick around. Stop me All right, here, here's a good quote of the day. This is from Clint Russell. He does a podcast called Liberty Lockdown. He's a libertarian guy. I'll just go ahead and tell you right now, because libertarians are better on war and peace than any other party out there by a long shot. Resist libertarianism as much as the neocons tell you to, but holy cow. And Clint Russell did this very succinctly. He sent this out in a tweet. He said, quote, here's how it works. Media refuses to cover any stories that paint Nation A in a bad light, repeat over decades. Nation B attacks back in a vicious fashion after years of abuse. Media covers it 24-7, interviews the victims in real time, loudly declares that this was an unforeseen and unprovoked. Anyone who dares mention the horrific prior acts of Nation A is painted as an apologist for Nation B, or worse. This applies to both Ukraine and Israel. No, it does not justify the response. No, it does not dismiss the carnage. Yes, it does explain how you are being manipulated to support whatever the neoliberal puppet masters prefer. None of these nations are America. Stay the blank out. You know, when you hear these... Uh, when you hear these stories about Hamas going into this country, and I, maybe should I do this every segment in case somebody, you know, talk radio, people tune in, tune out. I do not support the attacks of Hamas. It was bloodthirsty, horrific stuff. But to act like they just woke up and just decided to attack a super friendly country like Israel, just minding their own business, is laughable. 
You know, when you hear that Hamas went into the settlements, now that's, we know about Israeli settlements, right? Do you know what a settlement is when it comes to Israel and the Palestinians? Now, we had settlers here in this country, and to be honest with you, sometimes they had to get kind of medieval on some Indian tribes to settle, and sometimes they just found spare land out there. The United States was a big, underpopulated country, and they just went out there and they settled land, set up homesteads, right? Do you know what settlements means when they talk about uh, Israel and the Palestinians? Understand that these are areas formerly controlled by the Palestinians, an area that they were given, and actually that many of them had resided on for centuries, and it was worked out that Israel would be this part of this area and Palestine would, uh, uh, Palestinians would control other parts of the areas. Settlements are where the Israelis went in and said, nah, we're taking that too. I've done stories about this before. Actually, what literally happens, using that word very carefully, is that sometimes Palestinians maybe go to work during the day and they come home and all of their stuff is on the lawn. And I say, what, what, what's going on here? And an uh, Israeli family has just moved in. They've just taken the house. The Israeli uh, military is there to protect them. Essentially, they just say, take your stuff and get out of here. This house is ours now. And, and this has been going on for decades now. Decades and decades and decades. And what's interesting to me, too, is that I'm living in a time here in the United States where there are a lot of people on the right who really understand that you have been subjected to some real governmental abuse here, haven't you? The January 6th people, grandmothers sent to prison for taking pictures inside the Capitol. People doing 15 years that didn't even walk into the Capitol. It was called an insurrection, but it wasn't, was it? The, the mainstream media just lied about this idea that this was some level of an insurrection. You can see that, right? Isn't it crazy? And I hear conservatives and people on the right saying that you're ready for a civil war. You're tired of being censored, kicked off of social media shunned from college campuses, can't even speak in public anymore. They're trying to herd you into 15-minute cities, right? They're going to start monitoring your, your, uh, your use of electricity. They're trying to herd you into electric cars. And I hear Republicans and conservatives rightly, I am with you 100% on this, saying, I don't know how much more we can take before we have to literally fight back. You've not experienced anything compared to what the Palestinians have been through. Now, are, are all the Palestinians just absolute saints? Absolutely not. Don't think I'm trying to set up a good guy versus a bad guy, but I am trying to give a little historical context into what's going on right now because you're not going to hear a lick of it out of the mainstream media. And as a matter of fact, most of your conservative talking heads will, oh, they will, they would turn on me like rabid dogs that I would even dare to say this thing. So you're saying this was justified? Nope. No, I'm not. But I'm explaining it. This idea of those unprovoked attack, it's a little strange to me, a little strange. What was it, the 60th anniversary of uh, Yom Kippur or 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, like the actual day where it kicked off? Pretty symbolic day, I would imagine, for Israelis and Palestinians. And they had their guard down that day? Huh. It's kind of interesting. 
It's, it's almost like, and, and uh, Israel's called this, their 9-11, their Pearl Harbor. It's almost like uh, 19 guys with box cutters somehow mysteriously outsmarting the entire national security state apparatus of the United States and attacking the United States and killing 3,000 of our citizens on our own soil. I mean, it's just weird without us scrambling a single jet to take anybody down. Yeah, this is Israel's 9-11. Feels a lot like it. Like they just, they just stood back and allowed this to happen. Couldn't be, Mike. They would never allow their own citizens to be attacked. A week ago at the UN, just to give you a little bit of historical context, not only just about the settlements, a week ago, this was a Friday a week ago, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu presented a new map erasing Palestine during his speech at the United Nations General Assembly. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, that, that certainly would not provoke a reaction, would it? The president of Israel that controls... You, you understand what Gaza is? Do people even understand what Gaza is? There's some great documentaries out there about it. I don't expect anybody to invest the two hours at a time that I might invest in a documentary when I want to know the truth of what's going on around the world. But there's a lot of good information out there. Gaza is an open-air concentration camp. Now, I, I don't know. As I said, I, I know a lot of people on the right, a lot of Republicans, a lot of people that call themselves patriots to the United States uh, that feel like they are being pushed too far right now. Can you imagine if you were corralled into certain areas, not allowed to leave, had to ask permission, had to, had to rely on the regime that was abusing you to actually provide you with food? That, that, that's what Gaza is. Gaza is an open-air concentration camp. I, I don't know what happens if you put two million Republicans and conservatives into a concentration camp area the size of Gaza, limit their movements, boss them around, occasionally go in and just take a bunch of their houses. But I, I would imagine that eventually the patriots, the freedom fighters that say they're ready right now in the United States for a civil war because they've been pushed too far, I would imagine a few of those kinds of incursions would probably, probably invoke a response from from conservatives and patriots here in the United States. Uh, another thing the media probably left off, this was on uh, this was two days before the Hamas attack on Israel. More than 800 Israeli settlers stormed the Al-Asqa Mosque compound and occupied East Jerusalem on Thursday morning under the protection of Israeli forces. Rabbis, heads of settlement associations, and far-right university lecturers were among 832 people who forced their way into the religious site compound. Israeli forces imposed severe restrictions on Muslim worshipers entering Al-Asqa, and those under 60 were prevented from accessing the site. It comes during the Jewish religious holiday of Sukkot which started on the 29th of September and ended on Friday. The holiday has seen thousands of Israeli extremists storm the Alaska compound with almost 1,500 entering the site on Monday. I'm sure that has nothing to do with it, Mike. This is uh, one of the Muslims, their holiest places. And, and all I'm doing, again, I guess I need to say it one more time. I'll probably say it five more times because, I, I, like I say, there's a lot of simpletons out there. They're going to start getting angry. They, when you get angry, you, you know they say, 
when you're angry or you're stressed or you're scared, you always make bad decisions. Is why in the horror movies they always run down into the basement to get away from a serial killer, right? So when people get angry at me, their their critical thinking cuts off. I do not support Hamas running in and killing innocent men, women, and children uh, in Israel. But this uh, this uh, this attack on on this mosque keeping people in a two million person open air concentration camp in Gaza, dictating how much food they can have, dictating how much they can travel. Sometimes the walls, it's been kind of interesting. If you want to take a map of Israel and look at the original, you know, it was all Palestinian area. And then in what was it? 1946, 47, whenever that came up, uh, Israel was given part of that land to create Israel. Look at the map of area that is under Israeli control and under Palestinian control uh, from 1947 to uh, around 2008, 2010 might be the last map that I saw. Take a look at it. What's actually happened is Israel has taken more and more and more of this land. And if you watch any of these documentaries on this, you'll see there are, there are enclaves of Palestinians there where, you know, they were part of the greater community, but then walls start getting built, you know, to the north of them. And then suddenly they're on the east and the west. And then suddenly there's wall to the south, too. They're pinned in. They have to ask for permission to leave their neighborhood to go and do business anywhere else. And sometimes that, that uh, permission is not forthcoming or it's a big hassle. How would you feel if in your subdivision, a force that really didn't think too much about you didn't let you leave if they didn't feel like it, maybe controlled how much food came in? Now, again, is every, every Palestinian a, a loving, caring person? No, absolutely not. But the history between these two people is not one of the media presents, which is these radical Muslims over there, they're just constantly starting problems. Israel's just sitting there being awesome just being as kind and friendly and as forgiving as they could possibly be, trying to coexist. But those Muslims, they just won't stop the abuse that the Palestinian people have taken over there. And this is not every Israeli. This is not even the Jews. i, I got to say this again, too. I dated a Jewish girl for four years. Wonderful people. Love a ton of different Jewish people. Great Jewish thinkers out there. A lot of good freedom fighters, a lot of uh, kind of thought leaders of the libertarian movement, uh, Jewish people. But the government of Israel treats the Palestinian people uh, the same way that, that black people were treated here prior to the Civil War. It, it's a brutal, brutal uh, regime over there. And the thing is, you wonder, well, why did they lash out? How could they, how could they be so bloodthirsty? They attacked all these areas. See, these kinds of actions are how you create terrorists. I'm eating my words now, aren't I? Wasn't it only about two weeks ago I did a show where I said, isn't it interesting that we haven't seen anything about Islamic terror? You know, it was, but it still kind of stands. You know, ISIS was this existential threat to everybody. And then suddenly we don't talk about ISIS anymore. Putin not only cured COVID in February of 2020, but he also cured ISIS. It's interesting, isn't it, that we you know, know ISIS attacks while everybody is focused on Ukraine? I, I found that very interesting. It was like uh, Vladimir Putin told ISIS, hey, you guys take 10. I'm going to control everything now. And, and ISIS, what we've been led to believe was this just uh, grassroots, we know is actually funded by our own government, but we're told it's this grassroots group of radical jihadists 
for some reason, they just decided to just stop, not attack the infidel anymore. Well, now you're getting treated to another one. And this is a serious one, too. I got to tell you. This is a very serious one because, and when I come back, we'll talk about this. Where's the next step? Who is immediately implicated in this? Oh, the neocons have wanted this war for so long. Up to and including uh, Donald Trump. Joe Biden's just been equally, Joe Biden's done nothing uh, nothing to stop any of this too. But I love the the right-wing talking point right now that, you see that? Joe Biden sent Iran $6 billion, and then this happens. See what happens? Number one, that was Iran's money in the first place. Number two, there's things coming out that says that a lot of the weapons that they're fighting actually found their way from Ukraine. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And there's a guy that's out there, does a lot of international stuff, tweets by Pepe Pepe Escobar, got a lot of contacts and intelligence and stuff. And he's saying that he's hearing from some pretty credible people that it wasn't Iran that actually funded this thing. Didn't didn't buy all the weapons. It was some other ones. So you're going to be treated to everything that drives you to the narrative that now we have to fight Iran. Mike, they've got American hostages. Americans were killed in this. Yeah, I know. It was horrific. I mean, I mean, heartbreakingly horrific. This stuff really, actually, really bothers me. When I saw this Saturday morning, I I just was just thinking, oh, my God. This is going to be so bad for so many people. And then I saw the responses and realized, oh, it's actually even worse than that. It's not only going to affect horrifically both innocent Jewish people and innocent Palestinians by the time this thing is said and done. It is also dug into the soul of people in America reanimated that bloodthirsty neocon calls for total destruction of innocent men, women, and children because a few people lashed out and did some horrific things. You might want to reconsider that myself personally. Do you want to take responsibility for everything the U.S. government has ever done in your name? There were 500,000 children killed in, uh, in Iraq during the 1990s, right? starved to death, couldn't get medicine? Should every American pay the price for what the psychopaths in Washington, D.C. did to starve the children of Iraq? Libya was turned into an uh, open-air slave market because Hillary Clinton, that bloodthirsty monster, that blood-soaked beast, she set her eyes on that and laughed when Gaddafi died. Should all Americans be turned into rubble? Should we be turned into glass because our government representatives of us went in and did such horrific things to an entire country. No, we don't want to be held to that kind of standard, do we? But we're very quick to say, when the media tells us and the neocons and the rhinos come out and tell you, this is the enemy, here's the good guy, here's the bad guy, we want to just wipe out every single bad guy out there. It's it's 20 years in the making. It's a lot of brainwashing to believe that Muslims are always wanting to jump across the table and slit your throat. That worked very, very well. It worked on me for about 10 years. As embarrassing as it is, it did. It worked on me until the evidence was so clearly, clearly that we were the instigators of that. Anyway, we'll talk a little bit more about this and some of the history, some of the history that has preceded the events of just the past week.
right, we are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 1039 WIAB. You can always email me, MikeMadison at WIAB.com. I'm sure a, pe- a lot of people will take exception to me. Here's one of the questions I imagine you're saying to yourself, but Mike, Israel isn't Ukraine. Israel's one of our most important allies. Now, I would like to ask, what has Israel done for the United States exactly? Now, I am, uh, I'm a Thomas Jefferson guy. Peace and commerce among all nations, foreign entanglements with none. So I'd like to trade with Israel. Lots of great people in Israel. Lots of very smart people in Israel. Technological advances. A lot of ways that they can they can benefit the world. But the idea that we have to immediately snap to and support the Israeli government every single time anything happens is ridiculous to me. And if you challenge that, if you believe that's not the case, because you've heard from, I'm a lifelong Republican, and they've always told me, Nikki Haley says they're our strongest ally. It's very interesting that so many people who see through the rhinos and the neocons when it comes to Ukraine, suddenly they agree with Lindsey Graham, Nikki Haley, and Mike Pence. Those are your spiritual leaders now when it comes to this stuff. But if you ever have just want to know what I'm talking about when it comes to the government of Israel, again, not Jewish people, not the Israeli people, but you might want to just look up, I won't go into it now, the USS Liberty. It's a pretty fascinating story, particularly for such a great ally. Here's a little bit more history here. This is another quote here. This is from Avner Cohen. He was a former Israeli religious affairs official who worked in Gaza for decades. This is what he said. He said, quote, Hamas, to my great regret, is Israel's creation. Huh. This piece that was written about this quote says, As you watch the death and destruction that is currently unfolding in Israel and Palestine, it's important for you to know that the Israeli government is responsible for the rise of Hamas. If it wasn't for Israel's government, Hamas might not even exist at all. Starting in the late 1970s, the Israeli government decided that they wanted a radical Islamic, quote, counterweight, unquote, to the PLO, which was run by Yasser Arafat's secularist and left-wing Fatah party. Their thinking was that if the Palestinians were busy fighting each other, they wouldn't be able to fight Israel, divide and conquer. Starting in the late 1970s, they began giving direct funding to a fringe group of radicals, their organizations, and their mosques. One of them was Sheikh Ahmad Yassin, leader of the Muslim Brotherhood in Gaza, who had also formed the Islamic group Mujama al-Islamia. They were recognized as a charity by the Israeli government in 1979 and started receiving funding soon after. Brigadier General Yitzhak Segev, who was the Israeli military governor in Gaza at the time, said that he was given a budget to fund these mosques and organizations and was told to give them preferential treatment over the PLO. Cohen wrote an official report to his superiors in the 1980s where he warned them against continuing this strategy, quote, I suggest focusing our efforts on finding ways to break up this monster before this reality jumps in our face. They didn't listen, and in 1987, the groups formed Hamas, and the rest is history. What is it with these these neocon governments in both uh, the United States and Israel forming these radical terrorist groups, trying to control them, and then, oops, there's some blowback? Interesting in and of itself, isn't it, a tad? See, there's a lot of this history out there, and again, history did not start... On Saturday, what was that, October 6th, October 7th? 
And then there's this, of course. For all the bootlicking neocons out there spreading this, Iran was given $6 billion right before this. And I've seen the headlines that uh, Joe Biden sent $75 million actually to Hamas or to the Palestinians, something like that, just days before this attack. Number one, it probably takes more days. Am I, am I defending Joe Biden? No. Should $75 million of taxpayer dollars be going to anybody outside of our borders? Absolutely not. That money should still be safely in the control of the pockets of the American people in the first place. I'm the one that tells you they shouldn't be stripping you of your wealth every single year. I also don't like where they send it after they steal it. And of course, these are horrific things. And Joe Biden is the worst president the United States has ever had. But come on, the $6 billion, much less, see, as I say, you know, one of the things that really drives me crazy, I, I don't like the lack of originality. The same neocons are screaming about this, that are screaming about the fact that uh, Barack Obama sent them pallets of cash. And I've explained this over and over, yet it still persists as a right-wing talking point, a criticism of Obama. When you don't need to make one up, the money was theirs. Uh, and here's the biggest one. Here, here's my favorite one. Mike, they're shouting death to America and death to Israel in, in uh, Iran's parliament. Well, gee, I wonder why. why. Why aren't they shouting death to Switzerland, death to Peru, death to Japan? I mean, when it comes to Switzerland, that's just a majority, a Christian country, you know, full of the infidels and everything like that. Uh, you think they just arbitrarily picked out uh, Israel and the United States to chant at? No basis in that. See, the, the neocons, the mainstream media, everybody that tells you they chant these things, they never, they never get you to think, well, why would they? I mean, they don't chant death to France. They don't chant death to South Africa. Well, maybe it's because neither France or South Africa or Peru or Japan overthrew their government in 1953. Maybe that's part of it. Imposed an American strongman and stole their oil from them for a while. It's not France. It's not Peru. It's not Japan. It's not Switzerland that is currently blockading them, not allowing them to trade their oil. Israel actually pretends, you know, they do drills off the border of Iran showing what they will do to bomb and remove the leadership of, of Iran every single year. Hostilities, aggressive actions by Iran or no. And Iran is a Muslim country, and they see how the Palestinians have been treated in this two million strong open-air concentration camps. Do you think maybe that has something to do with it? They want you to believe that Iran just irrationally just picks out the United States and Israel to chant death to. If you found out that the Chinese government overthrew our government and installed Hillary Clinton, would you chant death to China? If China came in and took the West Texas oil fields from you or cut us off, they went out and they took every platform in the Gulf of Mexico, they stopped every American tanker of oil and they stole that, would you chant death to China? If you saw American concentration camp in Chinese-controlled areas full of Americans that are abused, would you chant death to China? I bet you would. I would. Absolutely. But these are all things the media won't tell you. i got to take one more break. I'll come back for a short segment. I'm telling you, <laughs> this, this one will get me going, won't it? Be right back.
All right, I've only got about a minute left. I may carry this into tomorrow's show. I may not. I don't know. There's other things to to focus on. Some pretty immediate stuff. But, you know, I've been talking a lot about the bond market and how I just feel there's a lot of really horrible things that are poised to, to explode financially. You know what they do when you face a real economic uh, problem in your country? The politicians knowing that you might, if not too distracted, you might catch on that they created this whole mess. They take you to war. So, so plenty of people can be mad at me all you want for this show or for anything else where I explain the abuse of the Palestinian people and tell you, you know, why they're so mad. The same way that you would be mad if you were treated that way. And a lot of people on the right feel like they have been abused by their own government here. Many of you considering lashing out or thinking that at least that there's going to come a time if it gets much worse, you're going to lash out. But when other countries, when people in other countries are abused and they lash out, we act like it was completely unprovoked. We would, that's just because they're bad people. Yeah, they take you to war during economic collapse. And I'm telling you, we're very close to one. Feels that way, at least. This will really do a great deal to distract you. And here's what they'll tell you. Man, we were humming along. Economy was doing great. Low unemployment and everything. We were getting inflation under control. And then that gosh darn Middle Eastern war. $200 oil. That's what did it. Who could have seen this coming? We never could have seen this coming. That's what they're going to tell you. It works every time. Don't be a dupe and a simp for the neocons and the warmongers. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Here comes the radio now.